Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery. Welcome to the Nerds Podcast number 181. I would like to thank to uh, our returning sponsor, squarespace.com. It's a fast and easy way to create a high-quality website or blog. All the kids are doing it now. Go make a blogging thing. For a free trial and 15% off your new account for six months, you can go to squarespace.com and use the offer code NERDIST3. It's totally easy to use UI. If you want to create or manage a website or blog, doesn't matter what level of experience you are. If you think you're more awesome than you actually are, that's fine. They're not going to damage your ego by telling you how to do stuff you don't know how to do. They have online resources and special support 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now they offer free live classes to help with all levels of experience to get more comfortable with Squarespace. Check out their schedules at workshops.squarespace.com. So right now, Go get your free account. There's no credit card needed. Just try it out and start building your website. Then if you decide to purchase it, use the offer code NERDIST3 and get 15% off for six months. That's squarespace.com. Use the offer code NERDIST3. And now the Nerdist Podcast episode number 181 with the hilarious and tall Rob, 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 Riggle, 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 Riggle. Now entering Nerdist.com. I've been forgetting what day it is lately. Doesn't it's, matter. Uh, doesn't matter anymore. It really doesn't. Really? What happened? They all bleed. No, it oh, we just... stopped. We stopped time. We did? Yeah, yeah. So it's not bladder day anymore? Not anymore. We're That's... stuck in a time burp. You made that day up. I did not. <laughs> you made stop making up days, Jonah. Flu's day? Flu's day's not a day. That's the day you would buy at IKEA. That's a chick. <laughs> Flu's day? <laughs> yeah. I've 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 come across her many times. Rob Riggle, you're here in our podcast studio. Are we recording? Yeah, yeah. that just happened. Hey, That's maybe uh, pull start. the mic up a little you. bit closer wow. to your mouth. Wow. We just tripped well, into it. Here, I'll pull this, and then you can... There you go. Look at you that. Don't treat him like a child, I'm Matt. I'm sorry. Once I... Actually, Rob probably doesn't remember, but I fixed his computer once at the Grove. You did? Yeah. Matt used your to work at the was, Genius yeah, Bar. Your shit was broken. White MacBook. Whoa, that was back in the day, the white MacBook. <laughs> yeah. Did you wow. did you make it a point to just always uh, fix comedians? No, laptops? I just honest to God called it by whatever the fuck was up. Did Rob have a bunch of pictures of his dick on his hard yeah, drive? Yeah, did yeah, I? yeah, tons <laughs> and tons. I meant to compliment you before, but your dick is beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. I don't get much compliments on size or girth, but no, beauty, no. beauty. I always you never, you don't know what it is. Sometimes it's just a shapely dick. Yeah. No one ever says, like, you have a really handsome dick. Like, yeah. handsome is like a, like, like, a, like a classy word to describe. It's, I'm not even kidding. Thing. I've actually had my penis described as handsome and beautiful. <laughs> really? Yeah. But not, I mean, no one, I, was not, I don't know what. I'm not going to talk about the size, but the, they've said it's beautiful. I, so. my, my dick has been described by as uh, as quirky and with a good sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he sure tries. Yeah. yeah, they they learn to love it. Your dick is Your very dick has funny. a great personality. It does. <laughs> but let's talk for a second yeah. about all the starving children in the world. No, no, no. no, 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 no thank you for fixing oh, you're my welcome. computer. Thank you're you welcome. Very much. What was, was wrong with it? I'm trying to remember. I think I forgot. I, I couldn't forgot get a password or something like that. Yeah, it was the power button, I believe. Yeah, yeah, Top that happens. <laughs> Top case. Did you unplug the computer and then plug it back? Count to ten yeah. and then plug it back in. I love how they they all the geniuses not you not you but no, I mean, no. all all the, the geniuses are like well did you did you turn it off and hit 
Command X42. And you're like, well, no, why would I do that? Why? <laughs> that wouldn't do anything. <laughs> Command X42. Jesus Christ. What if it did? What if it did? That would be awesome. There must be some sort of a weird Easter egg that Apple has planted in their computers that it's just a certain set of keystrokes. Well, you know, ESPN's website for the longest time, if you'd put if you put the Capcom code in that it. Was oh, the, the unicorn. Time, that was just for an afternoon, and then they shut no, the no, site no, down. No, 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 no. That was up for a while. Really? We can't argue with the guy who actually goes to ESPN.com. That's true. <laughs> you would put the the unicorns. In, yeah, and the unicorns would and come rainbows out. The rainbows and rainbows. Like yeah. Like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Pretty sweet, up, right? Up, up, down, down. Yeah. Guys, left, I just left, wanted left, to right. share with you the tweet that I just got during the show. Yeah, I just did attack the show, as did you. Good oh, job. Thank you. I just reviewed this shitty Sony tablet. Oh, so that didn't get a five because you just it said got, shitty. It's 2.5, and I rounded it up to a three. Okay. <laughs> but I said something about ice cream sandwich. And yeah. Somebody tweeted at me, "Yeah, your fat ass eats a lit of ice cream sandwiches, tubby tubby." Fat ass. Tubby tubby was fucking hilarious to me. Tub- did they hashtag <laughs> the it tubby, tubby tubby? Tubby tubby. Is it hashtag tubby tubby? No, I just wrote okay, this, this is a no kidding tweet that I just funny. got from. I, I got this tweet just from the tag. Of the okay, show, okay, all right. <laughs> and the guy said, um, "He said, uh, you own a windowless van that sells cotton candy out of the or has a cotton candy machine in it." <laughs> And first of all, how would he know that? Please tell me it was the same guy. I, I gotta find it now because I was shy. I was like, okay, so I guess you what? Are you alluding that I'm a child molester? I don't get no, it. No, no, no. You're, you're convenient with you, your cotton candy. You're a cotton candy enthusiast who likes <laughs> who lives a mobile lifestyle. Is that what yeah. you took away from me? Yeah, who oh, lives okay. a mobile. Yeah, okay. It's just he gets to sleep in the van because there's not too many windows. It's I, nice I took and more dark. of an insult, I guess. No, I also, by the way, I, res- I responded to this guy and he said, "Respect." Most people don't respond to hate. <laughs> Oh. Most people don't oh. respond. To so hate. he admitted he you was hating Actually, you. I don't. That's not, that's not true. Everyone responds to hate. <laughs> yeah. The world responds to yeah. hate. Well, he just meant no one writes back. Yeah. And, and then his oh, other. Sorry, I, I forgot that he simplified it into <laughs> just Twitter. Goes. Everyone yeah. knows Rob Riggle owns a windowless van with a sweet cotton candy machine inside. Everyone well, knows that. Sweet. It's a... Well, that's common knowledge. I guess. I don't, but, but I think he it, means like it's like, hey, Rob, that's a real sweet cotton candy machine you got in there. Is that. Is that a euphemism? For I, think I think they mean it's just like it's a really good. It's as out of other cotton candy machines. Mine's really sweet. It's really sweet. Well, thanks, man. I think yeah. using sweet, it's not like it's, he didn't use rapey. Like it just, you know a what I mean? Like cotton candy a machine. Rapey kind. Wait, so does that mean you're raping the machine or the machine rape? I don't know what how rapey fits it's in, the but most bizarre. That is a very bizarre. I think <laughs> yeah. he means you're badass. I mean, I, that sounds that pretty badass. Uh, it's, it's a, just an unusual way of going about it. We're going to spin it. Hashtag <laughs> really? Tubby Tubby. Because he could have just cut to the chase. His said, marketing plan hey, worked. You would have yeah. read right over that. You would have walked right over it if he had just said, hey, you're, you're cool. Yeah. But yeah. the fact that he said you're cool by saying you have a, a windowless. Oh, no, no, no. Let's not promote that. Because now the only tweets I'll get back are people going, hey, douche nozzle. <laughs> no, you're reading this. I know you're reading this because yeah. I got your attention. Go blow your mother. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck? thing is, it's like if someone ever you're says the tweets at you saying, hey, you're really funny, you just go, what do you fucking know? <laughs> you know? That's the initial reaction. You get mad at him? Yeah. You just get mad at everyone who says anything to you on Twitter. That's true. You just got to come out swinging. Yeah. Listen, I, I'm just glad I earned his respect. I just, I turned into a block machine. You, yeah, I really do. Because oh, I, I I who, who gives you shit though? I feel like you're one of those oh, guys no, that everyone likes. Please, no, please, people all the time. Oh, you know what? Did I did. I said something the other day, and people <laughs> unloaded on me. Oh, I was on ESPN. Okay, and it was before Peyton had made his decision to leave the Colts or whatever. And they said, "Really, you're a Chiefs fan? You know, would you want him on the Chiefs?" And I and I said, "Well, it's not going to happen, so I'm not worried about it. So I'm going to stick with my man Matt Castle." And you would have thought I had set off a I had <laughs> Chiefs fans and Colts fans going, stick to comedy, you jerk off. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, just unloading. I was like, hey, what the fuck? You know, it's nice, it's nice to be told to stick to comedy, though, as opposed to doing <laughs> comedy and like, maybe you should go into, <laughs> yeah. maybe you should go into drafting right. sports. Listen, people. I had a year of Matt Castle. It was delightful. We were 11 and. Four and eleven and yeah, I missed don't the know what any of those words are. Completely, but those, hey. are le- those are numbers, Chris. For what? Scores. Scores. As for what? Oh no, nerdist. Chris, <laughs> what? Really, nothing. I don't know. Is, I mean, they pretend to not know. I don't know. Sports. <laughs> I really don't know sports. It's. I, I feel like my parents were pretty cool with it early on because they're both like my mom's. My mom actually calls in like sports talk radio. Dang. She's hardcore. She is a huge baseball fan. It's insane. She loves everything. Baseball, college basketball, football. She knows everything about everything. That sounds like my kind of lady, because those are all the sports I dig the most. She's not bad looking either. Please fuck my mom. She's not bad looking. I'll tell you that. Please. Photo me up. Please. please. Photo me up. (laughs) This whole podcast is just, I'm trying to find a mate for my mom. 
been a long time. Rob, you did the podcast. Why didn't you come over for dinner? 177 episodes. Negligee again. Mom, this is a lovely pot roast. This is hard work. Uh. I turned into just the grossest big Italian (laughs) Goomba Guido from the street. Mom, please, Chris, don't sass your mother. Hey, she's a classy lady, Chris. You watch Uh. that mouth. (laughs) (laughs) She she keeps the bathtubs and the old knob clean. You know what I mean? Wait. Rob, what happened? Oh, I got it. Rob. Rob, what happened to you? You're so normal. You, just, you really get into character. You're I thought just like, bathtub was a metaphor works. for something, and then I realized you were actually talking about keeping bathtubs clean. Yeah. And blowing you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mixed yeah, the yeah, metaphor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris that's joking what that around guy about would do. his mom blowing Rob. <laughs> Who's Rob? No, blowing Rob. <laughs> okay. It's fucking end of the day. Give me a break. <laughs> Sometimes I grip put word at the beginning of grit too. Gudrona. <laughs> it's very uh, uh, Slovakia. Yeah. Of you yeah. When I'm retired, the... when I'm really retired, yes. uh, I'll throw it right before. Yeah. No, the G didn't G belong there. Anything. There was a G at the end of the previous word. It I didn't... like to think of all words as having a silent G that it just hasn't been pronounced yet. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Gnome. And, and then when you're tired. Gnarly. Gary Gnu. <laughs> uh, where'd you grow up, Rob Riggle? Uh, I grew up in Kansas City. What? Yeah, for real. In guys. the Flatlands? Yes, well... Eastern Kansas is still pretty hilly. Okay. Western Kansas is as advertised. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing but wheat. But hey, we feed the world, don't we, guys? Yay! We sure do. We sure do. <laughs> we do a lot for the world. Hey, except for the people who are gluten intolerant or who have celiac disease. Then you don't feed any of those people. That's a made-up thing. I didn't even know that was a disease. What did you say? It is. It celiac is. disease? Celiac disease. Very that, serious. Wow. People knew, can't process. Yeah, they can't process wheat. Flour. How do you wow. get it? You don't catch it. I think you mm. catch it. I don't think you catch you can it. Get, you can get mm. it at public bathrooms for one <laughs> Don't you're not supposed to lick toilet seats. <laughs> okay. You're well. not supposed to fuck wheat. That's how you get it. Well, we have a fuck lot wheat was of my favorite SNL fuck character. Fuck wheat, yeah. yeah. He's really great. Uh, <laughs> your favorite SNL character. Yeah, fuck wheat. <laughs> not your favorite little rascal. <laughs> no, fuck wheat. <laughs> Because it had to be a parody, didn't it? I guess so. I guess so. I'm not going to talk about child fucking wheat. Do you guys well. just sit here and look at people go by? All yeah. the time. Sometimes, Sometimes it's, it's Joe Rivers. Rivers. That's true. That's you guys true. said at the same time. We you guys did. Have to totally make out now. Oh, my God. Yeah, nah, it's with Joe nah. Rivers. Nah. With Joe Rivers. Oh, boy. Uh, so, so she walked by. Is she, is she ter- does she terrify you when she walks by? Or? She waved. She does? She was very yeah, yeah. She was very nice. Yeah. The giddiness of seeing her superseded the fact that she looks like a mannequin. <laughs> That would be terrifying. (laughs) What kind of mannequin, though? Oh, a shitty mannequin that looks like uh, (laughs) Joe Rivers. Okay, well, she's definitely never going to come on now. Have you seen the... uh, the, uh, (laughs) We just lost Joe Rivers, guys. We just lost Joan. Nice, nice lost Joan. Call them back and tell those cocksuckers I'm not going to do that fucking... Yeah, she would come in there and hook and jab, though, with you guys. Oh, yeah, she would. She would blast out. If anything, I helped our cause of getting her on. You sure did. Yeah, yeah. You've challenged her. The gauntlet's been dropped, Joan, if you're listening. (laughs) Yeah. And then Rob's going to be there, because so far we know that Rob has a windowless van and makes cotton candy, and he fucks people's moms. Sweet cotton candy maker. Yeah, sweet kind of candy maker. This is what I wanted to convey to you guys. I'm glad we're getting it all out. Okay, you're here to promote the, the sweet cotton candy maker. Rob, Rob Riggle's sweet cotton candy maker. <laughs> On Amazing Discoveries. No, do have to oh, I fucking loved Amazing Discoveries. <laughs> there we go. Holy He's a child. <laughs> you're a so, giant toddler. Somebody yeah. woke him up. Yeah. Somebody woke him up. Say something British else that guy. you might like. <laughs> Evil Knievel. Ah, he jumped over shit. <laughs> There we go. Yeah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> Rob, you you uh, you are one oh, of those. Oh, we're just skipping amazing discoveries. Okay, I'm what do you want? What do you want to talk about? No, no, let's go back to you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> amazing <laughs> discoveries should have its own infomercial for Amazing Discoveries. Oh God, I would watch that. They're on YouTube all day. The most unironic show ever made. Amazing discoveries. Uh, he had sweaters. That guy, great sweaters. Lots of them. Oh. Anyway, back to um, oh, great sweaters. <laughs> oh. Oh. You're one of those crossover guys <laughs> where you are a comedy guy who also happens to be athletic. Which mm. fascinates me. <laughs> Fascinating. Most people are comedians because they're introverted and yeah. they attack themselves and yeah. they are ostracized and they don't do sports. And it's just uh, you and Joe Rogan, pretty much, right? <laughs> oh, you guys God. Are, are you carrying the? <laughs> oh, I guess. Carrying the. Tor- <laughs> you're carrying the torch. Wow. But you were a. You were a, a. Was it? You were a marine. Yes. Yes. I'm still in the marine. You're still. You're still a marine. Still in the reserves, reserves right? Yeah, or today. Did you Thank ever you. want to retire this summer? But uh, You're going to retire this wow. summer? Wow. So how long? 22 years. Do you get it, the pension at that point? Nope. When I he's get, 60, I, right? When he's 60. Yeah. That's my dad yeah. waiting for that pension. He was yeah. waiting, and he got it. Did you ever get a station at the Kanye Marine Base? 
I didn't. No, oh, okay. I didn't. Um, but I, I've heard good things. I always put it on my list because you can put down your three top preferences. Oh, really? Of where you would like to be stationed. It's basically just to make give you a warm and fuzzy. The brains have no intention of sending <laughs> yeah, you wherever care. you want to go. I feel Thank like they those that. are the three yeah. places they will not send you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You should put. Oh, I wanted. I put. I put Marine Corps. Uh, I put K Bay all the time. Yeah. Kanoe Bay. Uh, I put uh, Pacific Command because that was headquartered out of Honolulu or uh, Pearl. Yeah. And then I would put uh, Marine Corps Europe, Uh, you know, maybe get an embassy, say uh, London or something like that. And uh, no, no, none. No, I got North you, Carolina. No, no, you <laughs> Ooh, see the world, yeah. join the Marines. Yeah, uh, Liberia, Albania, Kosovo, and Afghanistan. You got to put Afghanistan first. <laughs> no, so no, 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 wait, wait, wait. At the time, yeah, sure. No, because then it'll seem like, yeah, he really wants to. Yeah. So that, so you put Afghanistan third. That's what you do. That's a big gamble. Yeah, it's a big gamble. Put but you third. went to Kosovo when the shit went down. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to answer your question. To go back, when I was in high school, 8th and ninth grade, I was a late, late bloomer, really prepubescent. Everybody else around <laughs> me shot up. Uh, girls, everybody was bigger than me. Everybody could beat the shit out of me. That's when I went into my cave, my little man cave. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, when I started to develop my comedy and my sense of... Because all I had was my George Carlin albums. Oh, and wow. all I had was my wit and my... my razor tongue that would keep people away from me yeah. because I couldn't physically, I couldn't, girls could beat me up. And and to an eighth grade boy, there's nothing worse than the thought of getting beat up by a girl right? because that's a lifetime of humiliation. So I literally, and I remember there was this one girl who we called her a drugger. She was, you know, there's cliques mm-hmm. and there was a drugger clique, you know, and they were all pot smokers and the yeah. badasses and all that stuff. The cool kids. The cool kids. Well, they weren't that cool. No. Kids, but anyway, uh, but she, you know, she had like, she's, bad acne and she was just mean and nasty and she'd always be like where's Regal she, <laughs> oh. she would she because she knew she could like shove me and I wouldn't shove back because if it escalated into a fight I would have to murder her oh yeah oh, because I couldn't lose yeah <laughs> <laughs> and and, I, and even if I did fight her and win I didn't win do you right. see what I'm saying so yeah. I would literally hide in the boys bathroom it's the worst murder defense. you could have just you should have mm-hmm. just like scratched a zit off her face just to like <laughs> yeah. ah you know yeah. well the, I, it's all fun and games but she would grab me by the neck and like bring my neck in front of everybody and people thought it was the funniest thing ever oh. so anyway so the first part of high school sucked ass cut to your I wedding so then uh, in 10th grade puberty hit with a vengeance <laughs> and I grew and I started playing sports and I got in got out of my shell and I was in drama and I was on the radio and TV station and it just, it was awesome. So the second half of high school was awesome. The first part was shit. And that's, so that's, I think that's where I started to develop though my sense of humor was as a defense mechanism. Yeah. That's, that's so a great, that's a great story that the, that it was the, I think Tom Wilson said the same thing. Yeah. Tom Wilson kind of had the same thing. He was like, a, he, or maybe he didn't, maybe he didn't well, shoot he said, up. He, he said he was a late bloomer, though, or then like he like came into, so like, you got, once he got big, he got into sports. You got just enough of the, you got just enough of the uh, having to be introverted and protect yourself from everyone. Right. Yeah. Then nature. Yeah. Yeah. Then nature. It literally happened, it happened the summer before my sophomore year. Uh, when I came back to school, people really didn't recognize me. I grew like four inches. I got my braces off. I got a haircut. Was it my like face when actually uh... hardened? I think it was still soft and molding. When I was in <laughs> he still junior skull. high. Yeah, yeah. It's like that first day. It's like that first day. Teen Wolf went to school as the wolf. Yeah. Everyone's like, "What the fuck? Yeah, Why exactly. would he even go as the wolf? Would I don't, you stay home? Someone would have shot no? him on sight. No. Yeah. On sight, and not been blamed. Not yeah. at all. He would have been." No. Should have been celebrated, but half of the population would have celebrated. No, no been one would have been okay all, with that. All the kid, he shows up, and all the kids go, "I bet that guy could get us a cake of beer." I bet. Never. No. The, <laughs> the hairy guys always got beer in, in yeah. fucking high school. The second I remember there was a kid with like dreads and a full beard, and yeah. it was a sophomore, and everyone was just like, "What the fuck? How did that happen?" The man child always got. We I remember we yeah. had guys like that that were sophomores, and they had like full, thick, robust mustaches. Yeah. And, We'd be like, God damn, that's good. Yeah, and, and then sure everyone enough, just walk in out. and get a get beer, and yeah. you're like, but then you had to befriend them a little bit. Which, oh, that's a. But shame. then they be, would become popular out of like for no reason, but yeah. for that. But he was, but usually the guys, the, the man child were always the creepy dudes. The yeah. they were always spooky, <laughs> but you. I got the beer, so what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. You have choices in life. Yeah. This, this, the kids who look like Joe Cocker when they're 16, That's right. they don't age well. That's right. Those poor fucks don't age well. They peak early and fast. Fast, yeah. yeah. And then, shoo. Yeah, not much left for them. Yeah. Do you, I'm curious to know how 
well, like what made you decide to go into the Marines and how your experience with that uh, affected or did it affect your comedy at all? Or did it affect your confidence? Or did it, I'm curious to know how those two worlds work together. Um, well, I'll give you, I'll, I'll try to give the quick version of what happened here. I, I was a theater and film major in college. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I also had my pilot's license when I was in college. Um, That's fucking awesome. And so I was either going to be a waiter, which is our what you when you graduate as a theater yeah. major, or a bartender if I was lucky. Oh. Um, but the Marine Corps offered me a guaranteed flight contract, so I thought I might be Top Gun. Oh, that would be awesome! So I went through uh, I went through Officer Candidate School, went to the basic school, went to flight school uh, down in Pensacola, then off to Corpus for adva- for uh, primary and intermediates. Got helicopters, didn't get jets. Mm. Was headed back. Then um, Goose died. Yeah, when Goose died, it was too much. I was holding on too tight. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and, it wasn't uh, your fault, man. That was just a jet wash. <laughs> Shit happens. Got to get you. Got to get me back up in the sky, man. <laughs> got to get him back on the horse. Um, so anyway, I, as I got closer to getting my wings, I realized once I pinned those wings on my chest, they owned me for eight years. Uh, and at that time, I was like, I could do the math. I was like, well, you know, by the time I got it, that's eleven years in. I'm. I, that's what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. I'll be a pilot in the Marines for the rest of my life. Great life, but just I didn't feel like it was my calling. So I stopped flying, became a ground officer, fulfilled my ground contract, moved to New York, and pursued comedy and acting full-time. When, what, what kind of planes did you fly? Uh, T-34s, uh, and then I was transitioning to, T, to uh, H-57s, T-H-57s, which are, they look like network, uh, those, you know, those network helicopters, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, Again, it was all because it was all in the training. I, I hadn't put, I stopped before I put my wings on. Oh, okay. Had I pinned the wings on, who knows? I might have flown CH 53s or CH 46s or Cobra attack helicopters, or you never know. But one of the helicopter family. Oh, my God. Wow. But I didn't do it. So I, I, I became, a, like I said, I became a ground officer. And then there was a second part of your question, too. How did, how did the Marines oh, affect right. your comedy? Because, like, they. I keep them separate. I keep those worlds totally you to- separate. You ma- ma- mentally you keep them totally separate. And now, what I, I mean, what I do, though, like, is a, like anything, like the, the Marines are just a microcosm of our society. You know, you, I have their great guys and their funny guys, uh, unbelievable leaders, uh, idiots. There you go. Moron, you know, I mean, it's just you, you get it's just all it's a micro it's a small little microcosm of our society. So. But, but you know, what we do is a little more heightened because we we're obviously out there in, in harm's way. And, yeah. and our mission is to fight battles and and do those things. So it's it's a little different in that sense. But what I would do is, I, I mean, what I did draw from was like a character study, if you will. Um, I saw a lot of alpha males. I saw a lot of arrogant ignorance, which is one of my favorite comedy games yes. to play. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that guy who's large and in charge, mm. but just completely wrong-headed. And I thought that was some of the funniest stuff in the world. Um, so I, I, drew, I drew from people. But as far as, like, my life in the Marines... I was an officer, you know, and, and I never wanted my Marines to ever think that I didn't care about them or didn't take their lives seriously or their well-being seriously. So uh, when, I, when I was in Marine mode, I put on my Marine hat, and you wouldn't know that I did comedy ever. And then when, uh, when I wasn't doing that, I was full-time Laugh Factory. <laughs> I mean, working at the Laugh Factory full-time. Well, I mean, interesting. You seriously, I mean, you know, if you if you're if you're in the military and you've been through training and seen action, is going on stage really that frightening? I mean, completely. Really? Completely. Yes. I mean, I have a combat action ribbon. I, I've I've been in four combat zones. I've I've been out on patrol. It, it's, uh, but it's different because you're trained for it. You're prepared for it. There's certain things you can control. Um, it's a different kind of thing. When you get on stage, when the first time I went on stage was at the Comic Strip Live on the Upper East Side. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, I did a little five-minute set, and I, I remember being introduced. I remember going up there. <laughs> I remember the first joke, and then I remember saying, good night. And I remember at one point saying, is this thing on? <laughs> and, and, I, and I don't know why. And, and then I said, good night. And I remember people sim- you know, enjoyed it, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like crazy but i do they videotaped it the reason i'm saying i remember is because they videotaped it i had to go back and watch the videotape because i i was so much adrenaline was coursing through my body my neck was pulsing like (laughs) i'm sure i looked ridiculous um but i think i just did it on autopilot like i wasn't connected to anything i was saying uh because i was absolutely terrified absolutely terrified and you really it's just a different kind of fear but then you started i mean at that point 
you were like, yeah, I've made the right decision to not, you know, like, did you, did you feel like the second you started doing it, like, yeah, this is what I should be doing? No, I remember when I got off the stage, I thought I made a huge mistake. Right. I, I really did. I thought, oh, God, I should have stayed in flying because, you know, what was I thinking? This sucks. This is painful. Um, and I, I took a, when I moved to New York, the first thing I did, I didn't know what I was doing. I just didn't know. So I, I got there and I was like, well, I guess I do stand up because I want to be a comedian. So I went to uh, that comic strip live and I yep. took a little stand up course they offered. And I'm a storytelling comedian. You know, that's what I like to do. I like to tell stories. And he was, the teacher was very adamant about three jokes per minute, set up punch, set up punch, oh, set yeah. up punch. There is no other way. I don't want to hear your stories. Blah, 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 blah. So I, so it's I was like being in the fucking military. It was, it was a lot like that. So I did, I did it his way, and I hated it. It felt like an uncomfortable shoe the whole time. So, uh, so when I got off the s- stage, and I, after I was racked with fear and sweat, and I was like, that was more terrifying than anything I've ever done. Why did I ch- decide to do this? And I was really depressed. And uh, I had a friend who had a friend uh, who's Dave Keckner, mm-hmm. very wonderful, amazing, great comedian actor. And he said, call Dave and ask, just talk to him. And, and what year was this, by the way? This would have been 96. Was Keckner on SNL at that point? He had just left. Just left, just right. Just left. Okay. So I called him and I said, hey, you know, so-and-so said he was expecting the call and he was a very nice guy. And we had met once before. And he goes, he goes, well, he goes, what are you doing? He goes, good, get down to the UCB. I got some friends from Chicago who just moved out there. Uh, and they're setting up like a school, and they're doing you know all kinds of stuff. And he goes, you got to go see their show. He goes, don't. It's not just about stand up. There's other things. So I was like, all right. So I went down and I saw the Upright Citizens Brigade do a show called Ass Cat. Yep. Um, and it was Amy Poehler, Matt Walsh, Matt Besser, Ian Roberts, and a couple of their friends like Brian Stack and mm-hmm. uh, Miriam Tolan and some of these great great improvisers. And I watched them do ASCAT. It was the most amazing, it was a revelation. I, I, I felt like the clouds parted and the sun hit me just like Belushi in, in, in the Blues Brothers. I was like, damn nasty, Jesus, H. Christ. Because it was, it was just a wonderful moment of that's what I want to do. This is, this is it. That's what I want to do. And so immediately following the show, I went up to Amy. Or no, I went, up, well, I did go up to Amy and I said, love the show, la, la, la. And, um. And then I went up to Matt Walsh and I said, how do I, how can I get involved? And he was like, well, sign up for classes and da, 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 da. So I signed up for classes and studied with them for, I don't know, two or three years and then got on a house team and, you know, any chance I had anything, I would go down there and do tech. I would do sound, light and sound for other shows just to watch other performances and other shows and uh, anything I could do to be around the theater, I did. So about seven days a week, I was down there doing that. I'm, I wonder if maybe your and maybe this was just a predisposition that you had, but the fact, the fact that you had learned to work as a team member in the Marines mm-hmm. might have helped you be a pretty solid improviser because you, I, I would assume, uh, you, my, my biggest problem with improv is that I have this impulse to make the scene about me or to try to control the scene rather than be a moving part in the scene. Right. Well, that, there might be some truth to that because, you, you know, the Marine Corps is, is very very much based around teamwork and serving the bigger purpose, uh, serving the mission. Is the Marine, that's what, you know, at the end of the day, the only thing we care about is mission accomplishment. Um, and, and, and when you do improv, um, a lot of uh, what you do, it's, it's not about coming out and getting your one joke in. If you come off the wall to join a scene, it's to serve whatever the game is, yeah. uh, to heighten the game, to, add, to give that crazy person more ammunition and information. Um, so, yeah. And I liked it too because I could I could get into a character, and, and be a character. Yeah, which was, I, I enjoyed that a lot too. So. And when did you start getting? When did you kind of start breaking through? And you know, because now, I everyone knows like people are on the Rob Riggle train now. Like they know, <laughs> but for you, it probably you know what was that ninety six ninety seven. So you know, like really like a good twelve thirteen years. Did you feel before you started really kind of? Oh yeah, well that's you know I, people talk about overnight successes and stuff, and and Will Ferrell was like uh, he said to me he goes yeah it takes about ten years to make an overnight success yeah and he's right I mean you, it takes that long it takes it takes a long time I, I teach classes at the UCB from time to time I'll do workshops just on weekends every now and then and the number one thing I get you know, these young actors and young comedians coming in and they're all like 
I can see it in their eyes. I can <laughs> feel it. It's palpable. They just want to do it now. Yeah. They don't want to do the whole process. Put the work they in. Want, they want the shortcut. Give me the shortest way from here to the A-list. That's, like, <laughs> you know what, though? That's, that is, that's necessary because it will weed out the people who don't belong. Because yeah. if you... You know how unrewarding it can be for so long. Yeah. Uh, not unrewarding, but just rewarding in the sense of like, I got up tonight, but not, you know, yeah. I'm not famous. Right. But I just, I'm doing this because I have to do this. Yeah. It's a long, painful struggle. And if you don't know that going in, you're setting yourself up for failure. And it's very easy to fall off, you know, when, oh, the, yeah. the, those, those, when you haven't worked for like a year or two. There was many times I thought about quitting. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it was around 2000, the end of 2000. I was like... I've plateaued. I can't keep doing this. I've got a wife. I've got, you know, other dreams in my life that I'm, I, I want to accomplish, you know, like having children or whatever. And I can't afford to have children because I, I can't rub two pennies together. Right. We live in a 350 square foot studio <laughs> apartment. You know, we don't have a kitchen for Christ. I don't have a pan. Uh, and and you, you question, you really question you know what you're doing. The city's your living room. Don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> That's what it makes sense. Uh, but there's yeah. a weird thing that happens, I think, with people who have the comedy gene, where you you beat yourself up at night, and then something happens when you wake up the next morning. You're like, I'm gonna get. I have to perform tonight. <laughs> like you don't even really question it. But that's what I'm talking about. Like when I when I'm talking about like a calling yeah. or, or a real passion. Because when I was flying, I enjoyed it. It was fine. But when I would go out at night with my friends uh, in flight school. All night they were talking with their hands and talking about that day's <laughs> flight, talking about tomorrow's flight, like, oh, we're doing a foreign flight tomorrow, or we're doing aerobatics, or it's going to be awesome. And da, 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 da. We were and inverted. I'd, Bullshit. I, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and then I'd be like, uh, I'd be, uh, anybody want to pick up girls? Anybody want to do that? <laughs> no? Nobody? Like, I, I, I could take her or leave it, and that's not a good thing. Yeah. Um, you need to be really passionate. If you're flying off a ship at night with a bunch of Marines in the back, you need to be passionate about it. Right. Yeah. So I was like, but what am I passionate about? And that's when I started really asking myself and, Comedy and acting was the thing that was always there. So that's what I, I decided that was my calling. Did a few good men ruin it for everyone? Is it really <laughs> Unicorn country god? No. Okay. No. That was actually, I think A Few Good Men was actually a play written for stage back in the 60s when Cuba was an issue. Right. And back when things were a little more Cold War, like for real, we could all go to nuclear war. Right. And all die very soon. Right. So it was a lot more... Intense, but I, I don't, that is not true. That is, that is Hollywood's vision. I'm sure they don't. Uh, I'm sure the Marine Corps doesn't really appreciate this. Hey, no. Maybe they like the shout out, but that's probably the about as far, far as it goes. Shout out. I mean, listen, I, I you know, I was, I, I entertained that, you know, anyone in, when you're in college and you kind of, you know, I knew, I knew I wanted to do something in comedy, but at the same time, you know, our the previous generation always hammered into our heads like you have to have a career and you have to. Oh, absolutely! You know. that was, I think that's a big part of maybe why I did what I did. And another reason, instead of good, you know, I, I've thought about that. I, you know, should I right after college should I have just gone to New York and gone for it? Yeah, but I didn't. I spent my, all my twenties in the Marines. Well, it were, but it, whatever the path that you took worked. Yeah. Whatever it was, you know, like it's those it was aren't, a different path, but yeah, it was I, a different you know. path. Maybe it wouldn't have worked out the other way. You don't you're know. Right. You don't know. Right. Right. You had right. to, you know, you had to go through what you went through to be in the right place right. to the headspace. But you know, I, I remember being in college and I was a, you know, like a super skinny, wimpy kid, and you'd kind of walk by the recruitment table and go, oh, and you sort of, you'd have those like Bart Simpson flashes of you, like with fucking rippling yeah. muscles, Taking like on a, on a beach yeah. with like planes flying over, like, hey boys, yeah. you know. The water's fine. That's right. And then just like 20, you know, 20 or 50 push-ups. Right. I had an aversion to the, uh, the Marines, especially just because I lived in the town next to K-Bay. Oh, okay. And um, okay. it seemed, and I had friends, uh, I made friends like later in high school that like were like older guys that were into punk. And so they would come off and I would meet them at record stores and stuff like that. But then there was like most of the guys that would just kind of, it was like I was a townie and there were these college kids yeah. like riding around their truck just looking for fights. Oh, God. And so oh, the I, Marines? The yeah. Reason? And like uh, before I met like some of my friends who were just like, you know, there's there's cool guys and there was a bowling alley on that base. So sometimes they would take us in yeah. and then we'd hang out with their, their cool Marine friends. Right. But then there would just be like, you know, a few lanes down, just like these guys from the South that would just ruin the night. Yeah. I would have yeah. just joined for the deals on two 
toothpaste at the PX. That's what I would have joined. <laughs> Is that? I'm telling you what, Matt's right, guys. <laughs> Wait a minute, really? The, 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 Did the, I make a mistake? The PX deals are off the charts. It's too yeah. late. It's not yeah. too late, My right? My dad's flip flops. You need shower flip flops. Yeah, always. Yeah. Dad, I'm, I'm cut rate prices, no tax. I don't like to step on things with my them. feet. He still tells me about the PX deals because he gets a flyer. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. they're not even that great anymore. It's so sad. Yeah. It's so sad. Because that's always one of the selling points. Like, no tax. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, we have our own gas the, stations. Yeah, and it's it's not it's like average crap at still average prices. Yeah. <laughs> but no ta- no no dollar fifty tax on whatever you bought. It's like, give me a break. And the PX has always seemed like the most small town market too. Oh, when you walk insane. in, you're like, am I somewhere else yeah. completely? My dad How much got, selection is there? There's yeah, like nothing. Not. My dad got this MP3 player that I couldn't figure out how to use. And he's like, I was like, where did you get this? He's like, the PX. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's an MP3 player. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> So do you still keep in contact with any of your the your buddies from the Marines? Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, they must love seeing you up on there. You're such a likable guy. They must love seeing their buddy. Well, I, you know, I think well. like the 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 Marines. Uh, I, I I mean, whenever I see them, they're always they're always pretty receptive, and we always you know chat it up. And uh, the higher ups don't have a clue who I am. <laughs> and they could care less. They haven't seen any of the movies. No, they don't, and they don't care either. They're like, whatever. You're. <laughs> Lieutenant, just go over there. Shut up. Do what you're told. You know. Well, all right. Uncle Sam is a really good way of letting you know who you are. <laughs> right. right. You know, there's like no special deals. You just, I'm just Lieutenant Colonel Riggle. Sit down and shut up. Have you and, been doing um, any kind of USO stuff or any like entertaining? I did when I was on the Daily Show. I went to John and I, I said, "Can I go over to Iraq?" And he looked at me like he's like, "You want to go to Iraq?" Because <laughs> it was the summer of 2007, which was the absolute pinnacle of I, violence yeah. over there. And I said, yeah, let me go over there, and, and I'll file some stories for The Daily Show, and, I, and I'll put together a USO show, and we'll entertain the troops, and it'll be a nice package, and, and it'll be great. And he said, all right, if you want to do it, you know, go for it. So I went and recruited Paul Shear and <laughs> uh, Rob Hubel, two of my UCB improv yeah. bros, oh, yeah. and uh, Horatio Sands, nice. uh, an old buddy from SNL. And uh, I, I got those three to say yes, and uh, and then we we put together a little stand up, a little sketch, a little improv, kind of a nice little show, about an hour long. Um, and then we uh, we went over there, and we and we went to went to Iraq, and we went to six different forward operating bases. So we went all over the country, these little tiny outposts, um, and we would do our shows at night because it was so hot. It was right, it was August of two thousand seven, and it would be up to 125 during the day. And at night when we did our shows, it would get down to around 109, 110. Jesus. At night. Gorgeous. Yeah. But that was, that was the only time we could do it. Otherwise, everybody would pass out. Nobody could watch it. Yeah. Comedy doesn't work that well in heat. No, yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 exactly. no. Not in the no. searing was desert heat. All, all the shows were outdoor for the yeah. most part. Outdoor well, you have a lot of things working against you for these comedy shows. Number one, you're in a battle zone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's daytime yeah, and it's hot. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but we did. We went over and we, we did show. We'd... We'd land in a new base. We'd get out. We'd spend all day with the troops. We'd uh, have lunch with them. We'd, you know, just hang with them. And then at night, we would do the show. Then after the show, we'd hang out and play basketball or whatever whatever they wanted to do. If they wanted to show us where they worked, we'd go see where they worked, you know. Fucking makes me love whatever. Paul Shear even more. Like, he's just, yeah. like, such a likable, like, mm-hmm. hey, do you want to go do comedy shows in Iraq? Yeah, sure, man, whatever. Yeah, he's yeah. the best. He's I totally... like the idea of Horatio being out there, too. And Horatio, right. too. Yeah, this is before he got skinny. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. It was, and it was, you know, he was out there, and he was relentless. He was pushing. And then and then the next morning, you get on a helicopter, go to the next one, go to the next one, go to the next one. Right. And uh, so we were over there about 10 days, and then uh, and we came back. That's that's incredible. Yeah. Was there any sense along the way of, because uh, uh, we had Graham Elwood on the podcast and Graham did a bunch of USO tours, okay. tour, like he did a bunch of tours at, at yeah. the bases and, you know, he said he kind of just kind of went into this mode of like, yeah, you know, we could get shot down, but uh, not really. Uh, yeah, you know. there's a, there, you know, there's always that thought in the back of your head or you hear about helicopter crashes all the time. And, Was it know. trained out of you or do you just naturally like, well, whatever happens, happens? Yeah, whatever happens, happens. There's a lot of things you control, a lot of things you can't control. Yeah. So that's what it is. That's what it is about you. That that sort of natural confidence <laughs> that I think that people respond to as opposed to the rest of us who are like 
I think I have a rash. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to make it. I think I just had a stroke. Oh my god, you guys. Many, many strokes. It's weird in here, right? It's The air's it's weird, weird in here. Do they have egg whites? It's stuffy. It's stuffy, right? Oh, it'd be so great to have that, to have that, like, yeah, well, that whatever brain would be so great. Yeah. But you can have that to a fault, though, in life. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, ah, uh, a rash. Yeah, fuck it. It'll yeah, work exactly. itself out. Jonah, your your hand is eaten off. Huh? I, yeah, you oh, don't have a hand. It'll grow back. I'm like if a lizard. Hands, I've always been kind of lizard like. You're definitely not a lizard. Physically capable. Man. <laughs> I saw a movie once. For a human being? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. You saw a sci-fi movie. Do your fingernails grow back? Of course they do. Does your hair grow out? Yes, you know oh, So my hand will definitely come back. It's, no, it won't. It's not made of hair. You're talking about two different things. It's not made of hair. The movie you saw was a sci-fi movie. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't look at labels. Did you see Did you see species <laughs> labels? You, was Natasha Henstridge in this movie? <laughs> it's body parts. Oh, I saw body parts. Uh, do you uh, do you sort of ever kind of feel are there any parts of you that are like, yeah, I can see myself uh, going back to the Marines or do you really I think that's one of the reasons I stayed in the reserves. Yeah. Is because I I never believed in this comedy and acting thing until I got a little further down the road. I was always prepared to go back on active duty uh, if I had to support my family. Uh, so I was, that's probably one of the reasons I stayed in. I'm, I, when I think about it, as a matter of fact, when, I, uh, when they didn't extend my contract on Saturday Night Live, um, I spent a year writing shows and trying to do stuff for NBC. But then uh, I went up for the Daily Show, and I had to go, I made it to the like, final audition where you go to actually go to New York and you go in the studio with John. And, what is that audition process like? Uh, you do. I did a bunch here. I did two auditions here in L.A. But are you reading copy? Or are you yeah, coming you do, in you with? Yeah, you do a desk piece with John, and then you do a stand-up piece in front of the green screen that you write. Uh, no, actually, they gave you old ones. Oh, they give you old ones. They give okay. you old ones. Oh. Um, so anyway, I uh, I went in for the audition, and times were very lean at this point. Um, and because when I was on SNL, they don't pay you anything, so right. we had to dip into our savings to live in New York, and it was just like it was hard. And we depleted most of our money, and so it was. This was it. <laughs> I either got a job or. So when I called, uh, when I, I felt like I had tanked the audition because when I went in for the audition, John, who was incredibly nice to me, he goes, he goes, hey, do you want to take a practice read? Because I'd never used a teleprompter. Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, that'd be great. Thank you so much. So they go, they started rolling it, and I was doing it, you know, at speed, you know, kind of like game time, you know, um, and I. Made a couple mistakes, but I covered, you know, for him, and I improvised my way out of it, and da 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 da. And then I was like, oh, you know, and, and he goes, oh, that was great. He goes, come on over, let's do the desk piece. And I was like, oh, but no, that was I was kind of screwing around, like that wasn't my audition. Oh, <laughs> and, oh no. So now I'm panicking. Now I'm panicking, right. going, please don't let that be the one because I was dicking around. I wasn't. Oh shit. And he's like, come on over. So I was like, okay, well that's done. So then I came over to the desk, and all I'm thinking about is the fact that I should be back over there doing that, and now uh, I'm doing a desk piece. Got in your and head. Not, and I'm out of my head, and I'm not focused, and I'm not in the moment. So I felt like I dicked the whole thing up, to be totally honest. And I walked off. I shook his hand. He was very nice. And I remember I, I went back to the green room, and I was just mortified. And it was one of those things where you don't want to be seen by anybody when yeah. you screw up like that. Because you, you, know? feel, you, you feel so naked in yeah. the weirdest way. Yes. And yeah. you really just feel like... Totally. And I just mm. felt... Sick. Mm -hmm. I felt yeah. sick, and I, I felt like that was a great opportunity. And I think I just dicked it up. And I called my wife, and I apologized to her. And I, you know, I said I'm so sorry, honey, but I think I think I screwed it up. And uh, I and don't worry. I said, don't worry. I can I can go back on active duty. You know, we'll be Aww. fine. All this stuff. And I was absolutely prepared to go back on active duty. Uh, this was 2006. And I was totally ready to do it because, you know, I, I had a daughter and I have, you know, I got to provide. Um, and I sure wasn't getting it done. <laughs> and so, uh, but they came back and they said, uh, uh, would you like to be a correspondent on The Daily Show? Like right then? or Right then. Wow. Right then? Right then. Do and you I, think that was I, I was like, I was so happy. I think I screamed, fuck yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it was instantly inappropriate, you know. And But I, I was I couldn't have been any happier. So, Do you oh. think that was a trick that he did just to kind of catch you off guard to I, see how you maybe, just reacted? Maybe. Off the... It could have been. Yeah. It been. I, I felt like they did that to me at SNL. Yeah. But, you know, that's, I think they build that in to the to the to the. How long were you on process? SNL? Was it two just, seasons? Just one. Just one season. Just one season. And so you so you okay? So you were saying they didn't? You were kind of a you were a featured performer, yeah. and then that's why they okay. I got it. Yeah. That's why it wasn't like a huge. Oh yeah. Contract is like oh here's a little bit of money so we can try you out. Well no 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 they uh it's, it's 
they you have to sign a seven year contract with them before you can even audition. Right. Okay. So you have to make your decision Jesus. right then and there. You want to be on SNL for the next seven years, and that's if they want to keep you. Right. But if they want to keep you, you're going to be there for quite a while. So what was the experience like in that season? Did you const- did you feel like this isn't working out, or I'm not no, happy I here? Had a great experience. I, I had a I had a wonderful time. I, I I got on every show except for one. You know, I was on wow. 22 shows. I you know I I had sketches get on the air. I had original characters get on the air. Um, but I've talked to I've talked to many alumni, and they're like, "You had a killer first season by by most people's standards." It was just, I think I was the only guy hired that year, mm-hmm. which is unusual. Just usually in a freshman class, you can count on three or four new guys or girls. Um, I was the only guy hired, so it was me on a cast of fourteen. Oh, well, you know, certain people are going to get their sketches on every week. That's sure. going to be a lock, and and it was an election year, and I don't think they got quite the bounce they wanted. Maybe mm-hmm. that election year, and. Anyway, they cleaned house, and I was last one in, first one out. Oh, man. So, hey, stuff happened. I wouldn't trade a second of it, though. Not a second. It was, it was a dream come true, and I'll always be grateful to, to the show and to Lauren for giving me that opportunity. And uh, I, I st- I'm still friends with many, many people on the cast, and um, it's, you know, I, have, I have nothing bad to say about it. Well, I think you know, The Daily Show also, uh, also really allows people to develop as personalities rather than, you know, doing characters. Right. right which right, is right. A, which is a different, you know, I, I'm not, I don't really do characters, so mm-hmm. I, I just, when I watch SNL, I'm like, I don't think I could do that. Like, The Daily Show is something I totally can wrap my mind around. Right, right. So for you, it probably helped. Did you start, have you been, have you been touring as doing stand-up a lot? Yeah, yeah. Um, that must have changed overnight. Like, The Daily Show... Well, yeah, you know what happened was I, I still was a hardcore sketch improv guy down at the UCB, and I shared an office with John Oliver, uh-huh. and uh, I would always talk John into coming down and playing, doing some improv with us, and he was game for it because he's a funny dude, and he knows his way around a bit, and he knows how to play, and so he would come down, and he would, he would kick ass at improv, and then he'd put it back in my court, and he'd go, all right, now you got to go do stand-up with oh, me, wow. and I'd be like, oh, oh, okay, and so he did it. He forced me to go down, and... I would go do like you know five minutes at the slipper room, um, <laughs> you know with uh, Seth Herzog yeah, show, yeah. and I would do five minutes at the piano room, and mm-hmm. you know wherever we, wherever he went, I'd go do try to do five minutes, and I would start by telling telling a story, just one story, and try to make it as funny as possible, and then I would build on it and build on it and build on it, and eventually I built up a set. Do you write on stage, or do you did you write? Do you write before? I write premises, and then I get on stage and flush them out through improv, mm-hmm. and then I. I try to record so I can go back and say, oh, that worked, or that worked, or that didn't work. What was I thinking? No wonder, <laughs> no wonder they didn't laugh. I get it. <laughs> so anyway. Do you, do you just start talking and just, and just let your brain kind of Sometimes. find where the jokes are? Sometimes, but, you know, it depends on the show. I only do that stuff when it's like some open mic or a free, you know, free show at the Parkside Lounge. Well, in the yeah, back you can't room. do that if people are paying like twenty five, money, yeah, thirty bucks a ticket. Money, I, I, I want to give them oh, the can't? best show I can. No, Matt. Oh, <laughs> that's what I meant Sorry, to tell you. Everyone who's <laughs> been doing their first live. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I feel an obligation to try to give them. You know, I don't mess around. Yeah. When they pay. So. So twenty. So twenty one Jump Street is the, just is coming out. Yeah, it's this will come, yeah, 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 this yeah, will come out tomorrow. We'll put this yeah. out tomorrow. So it opens today. Yes. Uh, how many movies did, did you do? Do you do like two or three a year? Or did, how does it? Do I, you get I, to I, pick now? No, I don't get to pick. You still at have all. to audition. People are so. I mean, like I've been very fortunate because I'm in the Lorax and I'm in Twenty One Jump Street. Yep. And it seems like you're competing oh, against yourself. It's like oh, everything. Hedging all I don't bets. have another job right now. I'm I'm out there reading scripts and auditioning, and I you know I don't get to pick up the phone and say oh I want this one. Great, come in and audition for it like everybody else, you know. Yeah. I'm 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 still a working actor trying to find work. That's, that's the way it is. I here. just want to say that your character in Step Brothers fucking cracks me up every time oh, I thanks, watch dude. it. <laughs> Thank a heart you. Attack. I appreciate that. Pow! Yeah. <laughs> I just love the idea of denying a heart attack. This, this, <laughs> <laughs> it does it's not a thing that can happen. I'm invincible. It's not happening. It's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every fucking and that time whole thing was improvised movie. too. That's, yes, that's the oh, good thing about yeah. working with Adam and Will is that they're improvisers too. They came up in Second City and Groundlings, and so they, it's in their it's in their DNA to improvise. Yeah. So we would always shoot a scene as written because that's what the studio paid for. Yeah. And then we <laughs> we would do one with notes because that's what we have to do. Yeah. And then it was playtime, 
And we would come up with the most. All we tried to do is just crack each other up. That's literally all we were trying to do. Because <laughs> on that, we did one take where I had a heart attack and, and and died. And then on the next take, I told McKay, I was like, I'm, I'm going to come back to life. But we didn't tell Will. You know, after I had my heart attack. So then I had my heart attack and I died. And he's having this whole conversation with Adam Scott. And then I go, ah! <laughs> you know, and, and it was all just about trying to make each other break. Uh, uh, and then like at the Catalina wine mixer when I when I was describing <laughs> how, how much mixer. I wanted to punch his face in and <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know break his face or his face was annoying me. This is Matt's one of Matt's favorite movies. It really is. Yeah. Well, that, I, you know, again, all that's just just it's just us improvising, trying to make each other laugh. Yeah. And then you know McKay's off camera going, talk about. Talk about this, you know. I was like, okay, and, and I mean, we did so many takes that I, you know, no one will ever see because they're on the cutting room floor. But like, you know, my character would come over, and I, w I would try to tell Will's character to find me a speedboat off the island, <laughs> you know, because or help me help me hide a help me hide a body, <laughs> or help me find cocaine, or just like I've never seen bizarre, Matt laugh so hard. Yeah, just it's the most fucking hilarious. Stuff. But. Uh, that's the joy of working with with other improvisers and people like that because you just yeah. it, you just play time and you just try to break each other. Do you see a, do you see a uh, a Rob Riggle uh, starring vehicle in the? I mean, like you do enough what is of those. I am Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> if you see, that was your I, Bjork. I will that say was this your too. Bjork. Mm. Oh, I will say this too. Uh, uh, on Twenty One Jump Street, uh, we did a lot of improvising on Twenty One Jump Street as well with Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill's a great improviser. The other Jonah, yes. yeah, very yeah, funny, yeah. very funny Jonah Hill. Um, and the directors, Chris Miller and Phil Lord, kind of did a good job of setting an environment where everybody felt like they could play. You know? Oh, good. So, so there's there's some there's a lot of stuff that made it in the movie that was improvised. Uh, so there's a lot of fun in the movie if you get a chance to see it. Twenty One Jump yeah, Street, the show that launched Richard Richard Grieco. Yeah. I always say. Yeah, you know, uh, you know what looks funny in the uh, the trailers for Twenty One Jump Street is uh, Johnny Pemberton, good friend Johnny Pemberton. Oh, Johnny, Johnny Pemberton. Pemberton. Yeah, he's yeah. a great guy. Yeah, he's, he's a, a great good guy. good guy. Really and you know what? Kid. He's I'm trying to get him to open for me. Yeah, um, <laughs> that'd be good. On, on some of my gigs. Uh, he, yeah. when, when we were down in New Orleans filming, so funny to say this, when we were down filming in New Orleans, um, I, you know, you're down there forever and sometimes you don't work for days. <laughs> so I, I called my agent. I said, give me a stand-up gig down here. You know, let me do some stand-up while we're here, nice. you know. And so we got House of Blues. So Johnny opened for me at House That's of Blues. That's great. Yeah. yeah. yeah it was a lot He's, He's also going to be in uh, that uh, Neighborhood Watch movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be good. I love the sort of that you know. There is like a nice comedy fraternity yeah. in the you know. It's like ah, and, and it's just like a collection of people. Where you go, oh yeah, those guys. <laughs> it's nice. And even though the films aren't connected, yeah. I think in our heads they're all connected. <laughs> it's like oh yeah. yeah, those guys are together again. Yeah. This must be a that's got to be a sequel of that thing. Yeah. Like we're making we're well, making connections. It needs to be like a Judd Apatow, uh, Adam McKay, uh, Venn diagram of sorts, <laughs> and it will just be all piled up into the middle. Yeah, of everybody in. You throw a David Wayne one in too. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, you're right. Into rotation. Is there a, are, are, is there anything that you want to do like a acting wise? Do you want to do like do you want to do serious it's like super you know? Yeah, I mean, I I I was a theater and film major. I studied method acting in New York for years, but uh, I I would I will I will take I would love the opportunity, but this town sucks as far as <laughs> opportunities. So I don't know if anybody will let me. You'd be um, a good villain, like a good. Yeah. You take a you take someone with amazing comedy chops. And you fucking make him a villain, and it's it's gold. Well, I always thought Vince Vaughn played a really good villain. Yeah, yeah. He, I, he, I always found it when he played a bad guy. I always found him to be pretty dang scary. Yeah, you should play um, a villain on Mad Men. Not that I'm not that I'm a Vince Vaughn. But I'm just saying, uh, you're right in the sense that I think if it, if it's done right, it it can be good. Yeah, Matt, I think I, Matt, a villain in Mad Men if you would were, be great. Uh, Don Draper's nemesis on Mad Men. I oh think my that'd god, be a villain. <laughs> that'd be amazing. That would be amazing. Or you're That's like you guys Ron Raper. <laughs> that would be his name. Ron Raper. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Who has a van with a cotton with candy maker in it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you guys didn't come. sell it. He's, He's able to sell, sell it like a yeah. motherfucker. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, you guys didn't get the Playtex account again. <laughs> Ron Raper! <laughs> <laughs> it's all just, just kind of women's products. It's all just women's products. <laughs> 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 Maiden, maiden form. Um, we got maiden form. Yeah, I think it's there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I would love to try drama. I would love to get a shot at leading. I would love all the things that you know you hope for, but it all comes down to opportunity. And I just, we'll see what happens. Well, the film business is particularly short-sighted, you know, because it's you, really hard right now. There's nothing going on. It's just really gotten tight. 
think the recession has really finally caught up to Hollywood. Caught up, yeah. caught up all the money went into YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> well, it all went into the Avengers. That's where all uh, the yeah, money for movies went into. You know, they 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 you know they throw a lot of money in a movie. You know, like I don't know, like say John Carter. John Carter. You can. Uh, they throw a lot of money in a movie like John Carter, and then it's like, oh well. Yeah, that was a lot of the budget we had this year. Yeah. What are we gonna do? That was two, 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 two hundred fifty million dollars. Well, after marketing about three fifty. Well, what did we bring in the first weekend? Hundred fifty. Where's uh, Where's Johnson? Where's the guy that brought us that script? Where's he? He's, he no longer works he here. Work. I mean, we we killed fired him. We killed, killed fired, fired him. him. We killed fired him. We he, we fight. Well, you ever see swimming with sharks? He's in a chair. We have a clause that says you have to be alive to work here, and so when we murdered him, he was immediately we got terminated. Out of the we had to pay nothing. Immediately fired. The road, the dead, <laughs> the highway from here to Vegas is just littered with dead Hollywood executives. <laughs> That's the dumping ground somewhere outside yeah. of Barstow. Yeah. There's just like a skeleton in the ground, like this guy greenlit the road to Wellville. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, it's not so bad. What road to Wellville? It's not so great. The story either. of Kellogg. I, it, I mean, you know, it starts with the guy that greenlit Cleopatra. Five it, hours and twenty minutes. It's quirky. Quirky. <laughs> You know, when a guy is fingering Cameron Manheim and Bridget Fonda side by side in the forest. Yes, and wait, I'm listening. Yeah, yeah. You've never seen it? Bro? No. It's a weird movie. <laughs> Hello, Netflix. <laughs> Not on iTunes. I know what I'm doing tonight. Goodbye, <laughs> boner. Uh, bye. <laughs> See you later. Can you say goodbye to your boner? <laughs> yeah. you. You're such a gentleman. I mean, why not? See you later. I mean, it might not be as handsome as yeah. yours, yeah. but. <laughs> See you when I wake up. I'm at least true to it. That's true. Right. Thank you. True Come that. again. Yeah. So what's next? What, what, are you going to tour dates? You have tour dates? You performing uh, yeah, on the road? Well, I'm gonna, I, I, I haven't done stand up in, in months, but I am going to get back on the road here at the end of this month. I'm doing a show at Emory University down in Atlanta. Oh yeah, and then uh, uh, I'm going to be at the Comedy Works out south in Denver. Yeah, the the, in, the, the suburban club. Yes, the suburban. Yeah. club. I, I did Comedy Works downtown. <sighs> that downtown club's awesome. I love that the way the room's built, the low ceiling, and it's in like a pie form. Yeah, it, it feels like you're in a layer. Like just, the, and all that all that laughter just hits you like a wave. And the crowds are smart and funny and yeah. cool. And Denver's like a, a space shuttle launch at your chest. Yeah. All yeah, comedy clubs yeah. should have a low ceiling. Yes. Low Zanies, Zanies in Chicago has that shotgun low effect. Yeah, right? but yeah. but you stand. You Z Zanies in Chicago is funny because you're yeah you you're super high on the stage and people are sitting at the stage like it's a bar. Yeah. And so you're just stand. You're like your feet are in their faces. Yeah. Oh, flappers in Burbank is like that where there's the the stage with the. I don't the, love the, the high seats. stage. I like being kind of like yeah. more in the crowd. Like yeah, it yeah. just I, talking down to people is weird. Their necks are craned up and you're just yeah. shouting down at them the whole time. I like it. I like the dominant position. <laughs> 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 a little yeah. alpha. I like alpha. to perform in IMAX alpha. theaters. <laughs> <laughs> no, the uh, but yeah. So then I'm doing I'm doing uh, the comedy works uh, in April, beginning of April, and then uh, Lehigh University. Nice. I, I performed there once with yeah. Sean O'Connor. Hey, Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Sean's another one guy. I've taken Sean on the road. Yeah, Sean's a great old we friend of mine. We just did the punchline in Atlanta last time. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a really funny comic. He's and a good dude. We went on a real bad tour once where we performed <laughs> at Lehigh. Two kids studying for finals. It was like the <laughs> night before the finals started. Well, they always, you know, it's the college, like the college have the planning committees and they're and their kids and they have to spend this money for their entertainment budget every year. And right. so they're just like, yeah. let's give the kids who are studying a treat and we'll just bring in depressing. some comedy. They but the kids they studying, yeah, they do not. They don't have time. <laughs> they, they don't want time. it. They don't have time. You are distracting them. Entire, yeah. It was an entire campus of people quickly walking somewhere and just like miserable. Yeah. And I, I never Would you please to... shut up? Yes, exactly. I'm I'm just, if I fail this, I'm going to die. Do you know how much the semester is costing me? My parents... <laughs> that's like the look on everyone kids face it's just it's cold and they're depressed and like it made me really happy I didn't go to college because yeah. I was like and I don't panicky, want that life panicky because yeah. they realize they've procrastinated all the way up until this final and it's all on yeah. kids, kids are yeah. trying yeah. kids are literally studying day. for their lives and you're like hey <laughs> hey hey, hey, hey. queefs are funny hey like, oh my god they are I don't need this class pardon when's the last time you guys took a dump in your pants you know when you shit your pants Come on, kids. I know what I'm talking about. You do. Hey, this kid. You do. This kid knows what I'm talking about. This fat kid knows what I'm talking about. I do. I really yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah, the, only, the only way they like uh, can, can write a... That was hilarious, Matthew. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I do. I really do. This fat kid knows what I'm I do. I really do. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. We have fun here, huh? Oh, we really do. <laughs> So Rob Riggle on Twitter. At Rob Riggle. 
Yeah. Check it. How the fuck am I not following? I stopped trying to dazzle everybody. Oh, <laughs> I got exhausted. You're out of the honeymoon period I'm with Twitter. I, this I is mean, who it, I am now. now. It's like you know, if something strikes me as funny, I'll tweet it. Uh, I'll, I'll, I do, you know, I, I do communicate through it, but uh, I'm gonna follow I'm, Rob oh my right God, now. I, I mean, I realized pretty. I blocked. realized pretty quickly I wasn't gonna be a career tweeter. I'm like, well, I'm gonna go in and write my ten funny tweets today and yeah. put those up tomorrow. And like, there I just... are people who do that, like Megan Amram, Rob Delaney. You'll see them just like they'll work Brain. it out and they'll just have a bunch. Yeah, and it, and it works. You know, like yeah. they, they're funny and people follow them. But I just, I can't. I have days where I'm like, this is a Twitter day, and then I'll do yeah, like five. It, it kind of like a feast of famine. I'll yeah. go, I'll go a couple days without tweeting just because I'm busy or whatever, and then all of a sudden I'll find myself with some time and yeah. some thoughts. <laughs> and it turns yes. into a just, <laughs> just, yeah. just an ugly chain of stupidity. But, uh, Hashtags when a celebrity dies. That's when I fucking get the inspiration. I'm like, all right, all right, Twitter day. Yeah, see, I can't, I can't. I, I, I'm so much in the mode of like, I just want everyone to be happy yeah. that I just, I can't take a strong stand on Twitter. Chris Hardwick, Twitter oh, comedian. Second. I'm with you. I don't. I, <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't. I'm with you. Because it's just not worth the... It's not worth the, the, the abuse that you get back. <laughs> I misspelled a word. You would have thought I had killed someone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they just unload on you. And yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. please, honestly, get a life. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to critique grammar and a, a one misspelled word. Yeah. Well, I just posted an old picture of me and Jeslin <laughs> from you like, you know, six, seven years ago. And yeah. we have... PBRs in our hands. Well, you're drinking PBR because six, seven years ago we were fucking crazy broke, yeah. and that's when you when you want fifty cents for a twelve pack, yeah, yeah. you drink PBR. And some guy just responded with something, something, something. Douchebag hipster with PBR. <laughs> Wait, broke. That was me. I'm how sorry. About that's a, how about that's a delicious beer at a quality price? It's got the it's blue not, hipster. Not, has nothing to do with it. Yeah, it's a, it's dumb. It's just dumb. Yeah. Got PX fucking, written all over it. PBR. As far as like cheap beer for uh, for uh, cheap beer that tastes pretty okay, yeah. PBR, PBR, my friend. Especially out of bottle, ice cold out of a bottle. Also Natty Light, yeah, Natty Light's pretty good. Natural you think so? Light. Natty Light, Sanheiser Bush. It's 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 in the Bud family. I had yeah, these. I just I've had bad next days. I had these oh, friends yeah. in college. They would buy Keystone because that was the cheap beer in L.A. You'd buy Keystone, Keystone yeah. and so uh, they would. These are these were pretty like. Preppy, prim, and proper kind of dudes, you know, study hard. But, but on the weekends, they would each do a twelve drink, drink a twelve pack of Keystone, and then they would become the Knights of Keystone, and they would take the empty twelve pack boxes and put them on their heads and run around the streets of Westwood, going, "We are the Knights of Keystone." <laughs> I just went to a party once where every a kid, every kid that was there was like, um, they would drink a beer, and then when they would get the next beer, they would tape them together, and then they would have they called it a staff party. Or just like a like large. So they make walking sticks. Make walking sticks out of the beer. That's kind of funny. It was really funny, yeah. but I was like, I, I didn't understand. And then they're playing beer pong, and I was like, <laughs> was like hey, got a second, like, I didn't go to college. In, I don't know uh, what any of this is. Candolf, <laughs> so droll. <laughs> How do I do it? I don't know if it was a Massachusetts thing, but at the colleges, people would play Edward Forty hands, where yeah, you, would you have to duct tape two forties to your hands, and you have. To <laughs> I saw that in skate a lot of skateboarding videos. Yeah, Edward Forty hands. Yeah, Edward so Forty. You can't, you can't take the other one off until you finish both. And so that means you have to have 80 ounces of beer, yeah. and you can't go to the bathroom. Yep. What if you just didn't understand, and you actually cut some guy's hands off and put, and you put them on like Vincent Price did? Well, I think that yeah. would be, you know, he'd and then feel you bad. and then you died before you could give him the hands. But he died he, partying, so great party though. Great party. Yeah. Just stay focused on. Why the prize. would giving someone scissor hands be a replacement for actual hands? Did What's you the he was working see on the hands? The Fucking trim did. But why scissors? He like was, why sharp blades? Better than better than needles? No, You're right. yeah, but why do they better have to be porcupine? No, but again, you guys are better than sharp things. Not, well, not exactly. Not no, you guys never that. saw a little classic called Edward Penis Hands, which oh, no. is an actual porn. Wow. From the nineties. They just did a they just did <laughs> it's pretty, but they just did a Family Guy parody. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They yeah, they did. I would have been Presumes. a great Peter Griffin. Who played Stewie? I don't know the name of oh, the actor gross. that played Stewie. Someone played Stewie? How do no, you play a baby who fucks people? <laughs> really? Someone fucked people as a baby? Listen, I don't we don't know. know. I didn't see it. We don't know. We didn't watch it. Stop acting like you didn't see it. Together? Oh, we watched it together. <laughs> hey, Matt, the new porn parody's out. Yeah, see you. Hello, Boner. Uh, Good, nice. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the Simpsons one, and it was off-putting. Uh, of course it would be. Because when they do Yellow the voices... Yellow paint does not stay. They colorize them. Oh. They, they color. Then they count me their, in. Their color. I don't have weird. I don't need to fuck Lois. No. Or Marge. Well, you could. 
That's the point. Thanks, porn. Thanks, oh, this porn. really uh, went off the rails. This whole conversation, huh? Let's just stop. <laughs> I wish I had my penis hands right now. I can't, you're wearing headphones. I can't hear when you whisper. I sure wish I had my penis hands right now. <laughs> Jonah can't hear anything I'm saying right now. I can read lips. My mouth is covered by the microphone. Jonah can't hear anything I'm saying. No, I really I don't know. No I, don't, I don't know. And I, I don't think I care. Now I'm getting upset. What? What are you talking about? I wasn't saying anything. <laughs> I wasn't. I was telling people to enjoy their burrito. Jonah, Were you really? Jonah is We're great. done? Jonah eats boners. But. All right. Yeah, we wrapped it up. All right. All right. <laughs> that's fine. It. I guess that's it. That was Just, the weirdest start and the weirdest finish. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't finished yet. a podcast. Awesome. Yet. I dig yeah. it. You're still talking. <laughs> what are you talking about? We can't hear you. Why? We have to listen to you're it. Yeah, to listen. Out. You don't listen. To hear it. Chris, you're being rude to our guests and more importantly to me. <laughs> <laughs> he has a handsome fucking dick and you're doing this to him. I'm not doing anything. Yeah. We're not still recording. Rob, the movie is 21 Jump Street. <laughs> but it's always a pleasure to see you at the UCB. And I yes, think, it's and, always and good to see you, Good too. to see you at the Improv. The last time I was late at the Improv. That's right. That's right. And, uh, and thank you for doing the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Enjoy your burrito, slow. everyone. Everyone's slowly filing out. Thank Just you, guys. Keys. There goes Rob and Jonah. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. It's gonna, good to see you good again. Good to see you, Rob. Thank you. And now it's coming back to me. Yeah. I do remember now. Yeah, you got it. Uh, I do. I really do. <laughs> Edward Penis Hands. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by Squarespace.com, the fast and easy way to create a high-quality website or blog. For a free trial and 15% off your new account for six months, go to Squarespace.com and use the offer code NERDIST3. When you're committed to raising the standard, you're bound to ruffle some feathers. At Happy Egg, we like to say we farm differently. But in reality, we produce eggs the way people used to, by partnering with local small family farmers who raise our happy hens on eight or more acres. Because in our opinion, farming shouldn't be complicated. It should be happy. Choose happy with Happy Egg. Visit happyegg.com and look for the yellow carton at a store near you. Happy Egg.